0: (laughs) Hey.
1: everybody how's everybody doing tonight yes welcome to wednesday night service it is great to see everybody we're gonna have a good old time tonight together worshiping the lord amen who came to worship god who came to hear the word of god Dylan did. All right. Come on. We're going to do this. We're going to have a good time tonight. Well, welcome to High Desert Word Center. Um, So want to remind you that mom and dad, Pastor, Mrs. Pastor, they took a nice great big road trip. They left on Sunday afternoon. They just arrived in Columbus, Indiana about an hour ago. So they are visiting my sister and a bunch of my relatives back there in Indiana. So they're going to have a good time. Then tomorrow, uh, my wonderful wife is also flying out to Indiana to see some of her family. So, hey, I'm flying solo, guys, but I still got a whole mess full of kids, so I'm going to be all right, okay? Very good. <laughs> the kids don't go. You know, they just stay. It's awesome. So, praise the Lord. Well, let's go ahead. Look, we're going to speak some words of faith over the United States. Can we stand up together tonight? Amen. We believe that America is coming to Jesus. America is making right decisions. And I am not afraid to talk about it. I highlight that one of those big decisions is that the United States stands beside the nation of Israel, and we do not turn our back on God's uh, God's God's chosen place, Israel. So you just keep that in your prayers. You pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and there's a lot of stuff going on over there right now. And you may think oh, that's no big deal, brother. That's a real big deal. If you read your Bible, that's a huge deal. So we will stand with Israel in the name of Jesus, or uh, that could bring bad things upon us, all right? But let's go ahead and let's speak these words together, say it like we mean it, because we do. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. You may be seated. You may be seated tonight. All right. Well, a few quick announcements here. First of all, in case you couldn't tell, you're not currently sweating bullets. All right. And I'm going to tell you why there's air conditioning in the building right now. Let's give it up for air conditioning. We're going to party like it's 1941. Come on. All right. So what we've got going on is we've got uh, two units, and actually we got the lobby back on So we've got a unit right over here So this section may feel a little bit cooler But right over here And then the nursery has one over it Taking care of the upstairs And the manufacturer tells us within three weeks We will have the additional four For a total of six units here And seven in the lobby Come on, yes So, praise God I was so excited that I looked at the forecast And I'm like, wait, the temperature is like seriously dropping It's going to be cold all of a sudden What happened there? You know, I never would say this, but I was kind of like, yeah, let's, let's, let's get a little heat. Let's try this thing out. But hey, we know July's coming and we're not afraid. We're going to crank these things and prove a point that we've got air conditioning and we are not afraid to use it. All right. I want to remind you parents that Children's Church is now open every Sunday morning. So yeah, that's an awesome, awesome thing right there. And um, Jam Jr. for the preschool and and, uh, kindergarten is also open on Wednesday nights as well. And so is youth group next door for the junior high and high school. All right. Big announcement here. Kids Club Camp is coming up June 11th through 12th. All right. And so that's a big deal. Uh, the, they're going to be camping out at my parents' ranch out there in Newberry, and uh, we got a lake out there with fish and boats. They're going to do all sorts of stuff, uh, but it, it's only for first through fifth grade this year, okay? First through fifth grade, the cost is $20 per kid. And uh, the registration is open now. Uh, we've got info on the info booth. And you could also go online to the website to register. That's hdwc.org slash kkcamp for Kids Club Camp, all right? Now, if you want the kids to get their T-shirt for camp, you need to register by May 26th, which is next Wednesday, okay? And the kids, they all want their T-shirt and stuff like that. And obviously, we got to do that so we can get them ordered in time. So register before next Wednesday. If you want them to have one of the group uh, t-shirts, all right? Also want to remind you that uh, we've got some great Bible studies, small groups we're opening up. Uh, my wife Katie is leading one at our house on Tuesday nights from 6 to 7 o'clock. And they're studying the book, Following God's Plan for Your Life. It's right back there in the bookstore. And you can also get it for free uh, via PDF online. Uh, so anyway, check that out if you want to come to that one. And we're opening up some more very, very soon. The last thing I want to remind you of is uh, my parents' brand new book just came out uh, last month. It is in the bookstore uh, for nine ninety nine. It's an awesome book uh, w- regarding the end times. What is your position in relevance to the end times? So it's an awesome book, and we just want you to stay in the loop because we're doing everything we can to keep you pumped full of the Word of God. Because guess what? Have you realized there's an enemy out there that would just love to come and, and steal your faith steal your, steal the life out of you. Well, we're keeping you full of the word of God and you are going to thrive in these end times. Amen. Say, I'm going to thrive. Yes, you're going to thrive and you're going to do awesome. Amen. All right. Who knows what time it is now? Yes, it's happy time. And that, well, what's happy time? What in the world is that? Man, that's when we get a chance to give God back some of what he blessed us with. It makes Christians very, very happy to do that because God loves a cheerful giver. So if you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. We're going to open our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs 11. And we're going to look here at verse 25. I'll be in the NLT. Proverbs 11. And verse 25, and I love doing things God's way because I found out he's a lot smarter than I am. And I like to, you know, I like to learn off of very smart people and he would be number one in that position. So Proverbs chapter 11 and verse, actually, let's just do verse 24. I use this one a lot, but verse 24, man, you just can't get past this. You can't overlook Proverbs eleven twenty four. It says, give freely and become more wealthy. What? Be stingy and lose everything. Check that out. The Bible tells us if we would give freely, we'd become more wealthy. The world says, no, 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 no. If you give, then, then you, you become poor. You don't have anything left. And God says, no, give freely and you'll become more wealthy. Well, surely that couldn't be talking about money and finances because Christians have no right to believe that God has any interest in you actually having enough money. And that is a sad and pathetic lie that is from the devil and has kept Christians in bondage for centuries. People think, man, hey, God doesn't want you to have anything. If you're poor, then it means you're humble. And the problem with that belief is I've met a lot of poor people that aren't humble. They've got pride issues. And 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 even even if they don't have money, that they they've still got pride issues to deal with. And so listen to me. Not having money doesn't make you humble. Having a right heart before God will make you humble. Obeying the word of God will make you a humble person. And it tells us right here, if you give freely, you become more wealthy. But if you're stingy, you lose everything. Look at verse 25. The generous will prosper those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And so I challenge you, if you see someone in need, man, help them out, refresh them, be generous, and God will take care of you when you need it. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. Well, we're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. We're going to have an awesome time of praise and worship. Then we are going to have a great time in the Word of God tonight. I've got something that's been stirring in my heart for you. Let's stand up together as we speak these words of faith together. Let's say this. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions,
0: Okay, as soon as you're done dropping off your tithes and offerings, join us at your seats for praise and worship. We're never going to stop singing for the Lord, are we? You call down into darkness. You reach down. the divide, lost in our sin, you made us alive, how could we ever hold it inside, we can't hold back, so what are we gonna do, we're gonna lift you higher, higher, hearts burning bright like the fire, fire. voices unite, make it louder,
2: louder, louder. we're never gonna, we're gonna stop. Start. Never gonna stop
0: singing Thank you, Lord We sing to you tonight, Father Set free No longer bound in chains Jesus, you rescued me And called me by name You conquered the grave the divide, lost in our sin, you made us alive. How could we ever hold it inside, we can't hold back. So what are we going to do? We're going to lift you higher, higher, large money and bright, like the fire, fire, voices unite. We're never gonna stop. High, high. Hearts burning bright like the fire, fire. Voices uniting it louder, louder. We're never gonna stop singing. We're never gonna stop singing. No, oh Lord, we're never gonna stop singing for you. of Judah. Lift up your voices, tribe of Judah. Every tribe, every tongue, every heart will sing. Every knee we will bow to the risen King. Lift him up, lift him up. We're never gonna stop singing. We're never gonna stop. Every tribe, every tongue, Every heart will sing Every knee we will bow To the risen King Lift him up, lift him up We're never going to stop singing No, we're never going to stop Higher, higher Hearts running bright Like the fire, fire Voices unite it louder, louder We're never going to stop singing One more time we're never going to stop. High, high, hearts burning bright like a fire, fire. Voices unite, louder, louder. We're never going to stop singing. We're never going to stop singing. Hallelujah.
2: The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. And when the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Because the God I serve knows only how to triumph. And my God will never fail. My God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. I'm not backing down from any giant. I know how this story ends. Yes, I know how this story ends. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Let's sing that again. You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good One more time, let's take it up You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good I'm gonna see a victory See a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord.
0: One more time. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm going to see a victory,
2: I'm going to see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord.
1: Amen. Let's raise our hands tonight. Who knows that we are going to see victory. Because the battle belongs to the Lord, amen? This isn't my battle. This isn't my thing. I'm, I'm putting the battle in the Lord's hands. And no matter what it is we face tonight, we thank you, Lord, that we can count on you. Nothing is impossible for you. You come through every single time in every single way. We thank you, Father, that you are good and your mercy endures forever and ever and ever. We love you, Lord, and we praise your holy name tonight. And we ask you to have your way in our midst to do what you need to do, say what you need to say. We love you, Father, and we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can somebody say amen tonight? Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. You may be seated this evening. Amen. There's a verse I love up there, Exodus 14, 14. And it says, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Well, what's my part to do in all this? Well, you need to speak the word and stand in faith, but you also need to just stay calm and not flip out every time something goes a little crazy. <laughs> Amen. Just stay calm. The Lord himself will fight for you. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to uh, get into the word here tonight. And the title is this, winning against your emotions and impulses. Winning against your emotions and impulses. And like, well, where is that going? Uh, I'm not we're not playing Dr. Phil here or nothing. I'm gonna get to the word of God. I'll tell you that right now. But I want to dig a little bit deeper into something that we looked at uh during our Sunday night service of this past week. Got kind of a lot of feedback on that, and uh it seemed to kind of strike a chord with a lot of people. So I wanna I wanna dig a little bit deeper into this. Um, and it's something that the Lord has uh spoken to me about and i believe that we've got some insights here uh to help us out because as a born again christian any any christians in the house are the real deal right not fakers right okay so as a christian we are not called to live and base our life and our decisions off of what mood we are in that day that's an extremely unstable way to live your life and, 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 and on top of that, well let's just explain a little bit more. So as a as a human being, you know, this is review for a lot of us, but we are made in the image of God according to Genesis 1, 26. So that means we are a three-part being just like God is, right? We got God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's a holy trinity. We're made in his image, and we are spirit, soul, and body. And you see that phrase repeated over and over again, Old Testament to New Testament, spirit, soul, and body. And that is what makes up a human being, all right? Now, the most essential part of who you are is your spirit, because when you die, your body stays here on earth, and your spirit either goes to heaven if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or it goes to hell if you have rejected Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then there is the third part of you, that's your soul, which upon further biblical study would consist of your mind, your will. And your emotions. So, as a Christian, the absolute most wonderful, surefire way to make my decisions and to live my life is based upon my heart and my spirit. Because if I'm a Christian, my spirit is born again. It is It is made perfect. It it is righteous. We have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so some people are like, well, I would never call myself righteous. I'll say it all day long because the Bible called me that. That's not conceited and arrogant. The Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians 5 that you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's talking about my spirit. Now, my body... I still have to control my body, don't I? I can't, you know, I, I can't I, I can't expect Jesus to come down like we said Sunday night. I can't expect Jesus to come down and slap the Big Mac out of my hands and say, Get on the treadmill, fatty. What's wrong with you? No. I've got to make that decision and say, I'm going to push away and I'm going to control what my body does. Now, I also don't expect Jesus to come in and control all of my emotions. I have to make a decision and an effort through the word of God with his help to control my emotions. I am no longer allowed to just fly off the handle when you make me mad and physically attack you. That is frowned upon in general society, and it is especially frowned upon in the kingdom of God. I can no longer say, well, I hate him because he said that about me, so now I just flat out hate his guts. I want him to go burn. A Christian would never say something like that. That is somebody that is totally... Uh, living their life based on their emotions. And here's the thing about emotions. They are a very unstable part of just the average human being. But for some people, especially more than others, all right, they are extremely unstable emotionally. And so somebody that, you know, they find themselves having extreme ups and downs, listen, God will help us get through that. And I understand that some people are born predispositioned in certain ways. But the fact of the matter is this. God is not going to lower his standards just for you. Now, I read recently how many school districts across the United States are lowering their, their academic standards because they feel it's unfair to hold everybody to the same standard because some kids are poor, some kids are rich, some kids are whatever, and some kids, so we'll just lower the standard for everybody. And however you feel about that, I don't really feel that it's the best thing. I think we should just bring everybody up to a good high level and thrive and succeed, my personal opinion. But, you know, you do you. But at the same time, I'll tell you this much, though with the word of god and in god's kingdom he is never going to lower the standard just for you and say well i know it's really hard for her to not you know have fits of rage and anger so i'll just make it to where that bible verse doesn't apply to her anymore but it does apply to everybody else because it's a struggle for her i can't apply god is not going to lower the standard so what does that mean i'm gonna have to raise my standards And why is that? Because God's a bully and God's mean? No, God is good. God is just. God is holy. And God knows that if I will raise my life to his standards, I will be blessed in ways that I never even knew possible. I will have an incredible life if I will change to be like him instead of standing there and pouting and demanding that God change to be more like me. And sad as it is, there's a lot of people that feel that way and live their lives that way, and it always ends in disaster. Why would the perfect one have to change to be like the imperfect ones? It doesn't make any sense. He's the standard, and he's who we want to be like, okay? And so, one. I'm, and I've got a bunch of scriptures tonight, so I'd already told my media people, I may get to the point where I say, throw it on the screen and everybody else write it down, because I may not have time to turn there, all right? So... A key verse we looked at the other night, though, is 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 through 5. And I want you to see that really quick. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 through 5. And we're going to cover some ground. I have about 32 minutes to do this thing in. Who thinks we can do it? You've got more confidence than I have. I'm not so sure. (laughs) No, we got this. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 through 5. In the New King James Version. It tells us this, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What does carnal mean? Carnal means natural of the flesh. That's the word carnal. They're not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing, here it is, here it is, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Capturing and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so we realize that we have thoughts, and they can come from the devil. They have thoughts that come against us that try to exalt themselves and raise themselves to the same level as the thoughts and the word of God in our mind. And so, for instance, you could say, you know, I've got this verse I'm standing on. We'll call it, we'll say Philippians uh, 4.13. Right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So say you've got that verse in you, and you're standing on that, but then the devil comes with some thoughts and says, you know what, that's maybe worked before, but it's not going to work this time. Or, you know, I know the Bible says that, but, but really, in your experience, you have to admit that it's been like this. And the devil will start planting other thoughts into your mind, And elevating them, trying to, to the same level as the word of God. How sick is that? That's twisted. What do you do with those thoughts? Well, it tells us right here, we have to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so when the devil comes and elevates his thoughts and his seeds to the to the level of the word of God in my mind and to the right thoughts, I'm responsible for capturing those thoughts. I have to do it and I have to bring them in to submission to the obedience of Christ. And so when the devil comes with those lies, I say, no, it is written, Satan, that, you know, just like Jesus did, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And what do I do? I answer the devil with the word of God. Well, that sounds a little crazy. Yeah, well, guess what? It works. It works. Fighting with the word of God works, okay? And so here we go. I want to briefly describe the problem and then prescribe the solution to how you can win emotional difficulties in your life and also physical impulses where you say, well, you know, I'm just I, 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 I struggle with this area physically or maybe, you know, I struggle with this area emotionally. I can show you how to win. I can show you how to win. And it's all through the word of God. So let's move quickly. Tonight, all right. Number one consequences of being ruled by your emotions or your body. So we're going to look at several verses here that kind of show you some of the consequences of being ruled by your emotions or your body. All right. Now, a lot of the verses I'm looking at tonight, they'll specifically refer to the temper. Uh, Your temper is an emotion. Anger is an emotion. And so I believe that upon further study in a lot of these verses that you can group your other negative emotions with your temper, all right? And so uh, anyway, that, you know, I I really believe that we can use these synonymously in a lot of these verses specifically, because I know that having a bad temper can really damage your life, but so can being prone to extreme mood swings and and being a real downer and all that stuff that can really uh, bring damage to your life also. So I'm going to try to help with that, all right? Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 28. Proverbs 25 and verse 28. So let's flip over there. Who's ready tonight? Who's glad you came to church still? Who was hoping I was going to talk about something else? All right, thank you. for. Hey, I want honesty. That's what I want. (laughs) I was hoping they were going to talk about blessings tonight. This is blessings. Because when you finally learn how to get free from emotional bondage and baggage and being controlled by your physical impulses hey that's blessing right there brother that is blessing from god so proverbs chapter 25 and we're going to look at verse 28 first of all in the nlt it says a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls and i don't know have you ever seen somebody that has no self-control I mean, they just do whatever they're in the mood to do. They just, I mean, and listen, listen, that is not a good way to live your life because sometimes you're in the mood to do bad things. I mean, that's obvious. If you've lived very long at all, sometimes I'm in the mood to do bad things. People annoy me every now and then, right? And I, you know, I'm a pretty patient guy, it takes a lot to get under my skin, but there are people I've discovered that have found the key to annoying me and taking me off <laughs> and, and listen. I can't just do what I feel like doing. I've got to control that stuff. And so a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Let me read that in the Passion Translation. It takes it a step further. Look at this. Throw that up there. If you live without restraint and are unable to control your temper, or I'm going to say your emotions, you're as helpless as a city with broken down defenses open to attack. Somebody that has no self control, that can't control their emotions or their physical impulses, they are a couple of key words here helpless, and this one, open to attack. And here's where we find you know, listen, I've, I've been doing the pastor thing, actually. Two Sundays from now will be 14 years full-time, all right? 14 years, and I feel, like, I feel like that's been a little bit of time, all right? I've learned a couple of things. Some, a few of you remember when I came here at the age of 20 with a mop top, I looked like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, and I was the youth pastor for about, for a long time, all right? And so I, you know, I have learned a couple of things in those 14 years. Now, one thing that I see continuously is people coming, and, and wanting to talk and saying, you know, I don't know what the word of God promises that he'll protect me. He promises that, you know, no evil will befall me. No, no, no weapon can be formed against me. And I just don't know why none of that happens. Well, here's a key right here. If you're a person with no self control, you are totally open to attacks. Now in our Western culture, We don't think much about you know a a walled city or a walled nation. That's not something we don't care. You know, it's not something we think about. But listen, in Bible times, if your city didn't have a fortress and a wall around it, you were ripe for the attack. There's always an enemy king: the Amalekites, the Canaanites, the Philistines. They're like, hey man, look at these guys. They aren't even smart enough to put up a wall around their city. Let's just go in. They would plunder your village. Raid everything you had, rob you, and then move on. So, when they wrote this proverb and they said, Imagine this, somebody with no self control, that's as stupid as somebody that builds a city and doesn't build a wall around it. The people back then would have been like, Oh my gosh, who would do something like that? And so, for us, we've got to realize that we are vulnerable and open to attack from the enemy and from everywhere else if. We do not have self-control. Well, it's easy for you to say because I just don't have any. Are you a Christian? If the answer to that is yes, then you do have self-control. Galatians 5 tells us, verse 23, that one of the fruits of the Spirit is literally self-control. So to say that, well, I'm born again, but I don't have self-control, one of those statements is a lie. And the answer is this, you do have it. But it does take a certain amount of you choosing to live according to your spirit and not according to your emotions and to your flesh. Also, 2 Timothy one seven tells us, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so don't go around saying dumb things like, I'm just crazy, I'm losing it. I wouldn't say that for all the tea in China. I wouldn't... Hopefully that's not offensive to say anymore. That's offensive. I apologize. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that for all the stimulus checks in the United States of America. I wouldn't say anything like that. That's stupid because the word of God tells me that he has given me power. So I don't say that I'm weak. I'm powerful. Not because of me, but because of him. He's given me power, love, so I can love people. And he has given me a sound mind. I am not crazy. Well, you sure look like it. I, I get that. All right, I get that a lot. But, but I'm not. I have a sound mind according to the Word of God and the New Living Translation interprets Second Timothy one seven as saying this: power, love, and self control. I have self control, and God gave it to me. All right, Proverbs fourteen twenty nine. Proverbs fourteen twenty nine. So, what I'm doing here quickly is identifying the consequences of letting our soul or our emotions or our body dominate us. That's what we're quickly doing is identifying the consequences of being ruled by your emotions or by your body. And then we will look at the cure for that here in a few minutes. Proverbs chapter 14. And we're going to look here at verse 29. First of all, I'm going to read it in the New King James. And sometimes when I'm studying, I'll I'll open up and I, I, I can get about five or six translations side by side, and I like to compare those. And uh, you know, the most accurate, honestly, is the, the New Living Translation is an extremely accurate translation. And the new and the New King James and the King James are, but I like to use some of these paraphrases also just because they add a little spice to it. But first of all, Proverbs 1429 in the New King James, it says, He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly can you say the word impulsive he who is impulsive exalts folly now there's a footnote in my new king james bible on the word impulsive and it says that that word means short of spirit now as i read that last night i'm like what i've never heard that word in my life it tells us right here that he who is short of spirit exalts folly So if you are short of spirit, then you must be really high of your soul and your body. So you must be really, if you're not full of the spirit, then you're full of something else. And it's not full of spirit. It's probably full of, um, you know, emotions and, uh, uh, you know, having a strange thoughts and a bad mind. It's possibly uh, being full of being controlled by your body and being addicted to things. Listen, he who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive or short of spirit exalts folly. Now, the Message Bible puts it this way. Throw that up there, Heather. Slowness to anger makes for deep understanding. A quick-tempered person stockpiles stupidity. Now, now that may not sound like a very friendly or kind verse, but it tells, and I, you know, I just think that's an interesting way of putting it, but a quick-tempered or a quick-emotional person Stockpile stupidity. Now, I can look at that because I have been that person, and I can look back at my points in my life and be like, why did I make that decision? That was so stupid. Well, if if I look back, I'm like, wait a minute. I had a whole stockpile of stupidity back then. I did all sorts of things. I mean, come on. I, I, you know, back in the late 90s, I had the whole bleach blonde hair. What was up with that? Nobody told me. I thought it looked good. <laughs> thank you. For, thank you so Listen. And you look back you're like, why did I make those decisions? I had a stockpile of stupidity because I was just control. I was quick to my emotions, quick to temper, quick to whatever, and that's not the way that the Christian lives the life. And so I've got a quote from Benjamin Franklin here. He said, "Whatever is begun in anger ends in shame." I put that picture up there in case you wondered what he looked like. That's what he looks like. Couldn't find any other pictures of him, so you'll see them right there, right? Let's grab that out of my wallet. Actually, I had to borrow it from my kids because I didn't have one, but anyway. So whatever is begun in anger ends in shame. And I'm just going to say that I agree with old Ben Franklin right there because I have begun some things in anger. Sometimes people will do things as stupid as, you know what, I'll switch jobs just to show them. They'll, and they'll do something stupid, like change their whole, make a massive life decision. Well, I'll just break up with him and go, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll date the person that she absolutely hates, just to show her. <laughs> what? Whatever begins in anger ends in shame. That is stupid. Don't make your life decisions based upon whatever emotion and mood you are in at the moment, it always ends really, really bad. And so as a Christian, we're called to a higher standard than that. I heard a story one time, there was a famous preacher in the early 1900s, named billy sunday very famous evangelist and one time this lady came up to him and said i don't see what the big deal is about losing control of my temper and my emotions she's like i just blow up get it all out then i personally feel better and the the good reverend said you know what that's exactly what a shotgun does it just blows up and gets it all out but it leaves a really wide path of destruction afterwards now, sometimes we may feel like, "Yeah, well, I just—that's how I handle my emotions. I just blow it all up and get it all out there, man—and and 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 I feel better." Yeah, but you shredded everybody else around you. That's dangerous. That's a dangerous way to live our lives. And so, um, man, I'm I'm running low on time here. All right, quickly look at this: verse Colossians three six and seven. Put that on the screen. Colossians three, verses uh, six through seven. In fact, I think I'm starting at verse five. It says, so put to death, the sinful earthly things lur- lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater. And let's just very quickly, just look at that for a second. Greed definitely has to do with your emotions, but also has to do with your, your physical, uh, you know, your natural impulses. Even as a Christian, There's some greedy Christians, and all they want is more and more. I've got you know. Listen, if it drives you nuts that somebody else has a better car than you, that is screwed up. That's messed up. If if it just if you if it just eats you up, burns you up that somebody else has better toys and better off-roading desert things than you have, and and better how listen. That be that this this greed. It becomes a form of idolatry, and you will begin to do what it takes to get the things that you want instead of pursuing God. You'll begin to pursue things and money and toys and possessions instead of pursuing God, and that becomes idolatry. I'm just going to leave that right there. You can just marinate on that one for a couple of days. Get back to me on that, but listen. That can become idolatry, and that is a dangerous thing. It says that makes you worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Well, that doesn't sound very pleasant. The anger of God is coming. I don't like to hear about that. I'm a New Testament Christian. The anger of God is still a real thing. Now, look here. I'm going to put this in the Message Bible, and then I'm going to really get into the cure for all of this. The Message Bible puts it this way. And that means killing off everything connected with that way of death Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it. I'm going to say that one more time because I think we just need to say that. Doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. Whenever we live to just please and satisfy and feed our cravings and emotions and moods, that's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. And it's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger is what verse 7 says there in the message. So out of all that, I I realize that the first few minutes here were not positive and uplifting and reaffirming and telling you that you're good enough, you're smart enough. And doggone it, people like you. And they do. People do like you. But listen right now. Listen to me. We've identified that it's a, it brings the curse upon our life to not live according to our spirit. So let's take the next few minutes, and I'm going to show you from the Bible how to be controlled by your spirit and not by your body or your soul. And I promise you, if you will do the things that the Bible says to do, You will begin to see victory. You you would really promise that. I would promise it. I will promise it. I would stake everything I own upon it. If you'll do things God's way, you will see victory every single time. Why? Because we always triumph in Christ Jesus. So the cure, let's look at number two, the cure. The biggest thing I can say is this. The cure for the soul and flesh is to walk in the spirit. What does that mean? Galatians 5.16. Please turn to Galatians 5.16. Now, growing up in high school, I went to this, I went to a Christian school, went to this really, you know, fundamental Baptist school. And one thing that they made us do is we had to memorize entire chapters of the Bible. And at the time, I'm like, wow. I, you know, I just, I didn't really want to memorize entire chapters of the Bible because believe it or not, that can be a little bit hard to, you know, here's these 40 verses, go memorize these and quote them exactly to me, you know, and like, okay, so we had to do that stuff, but Galatians five, I'm so glad that we learned this, Galatians five is a chapter that we had to memorize, and verse 16, I remember it so vividly, my Bible teacher, the pastor of that Baptist church, drilling this verse into our young minds every morning for a whole semester galatians five sixteen new king james i say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh now some people i know that's going straight over your head you have no idea what i just said you know fine But there is a certain percentage of you that that is sinking in and that did just click with you. And I want to talk especially to that group of people right now. If you walk in the spirit, you will not, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Some people are like, well, I just don't know how to overcome this thing. I just don't know how to to get stable. I just don't know how to deal with this. Listen to me. If you will walk, what does walk mean? If you will live in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust the lust or the desires of the flesh. Now, I can tell you this much. Listen, anytime that I am absolutely immersed and living my life according to the word of God and doing things his way, I'm extremely strong. And it's not because of me, it's because of God. And I don't give in to the lust of the flesh. The devil can tempt me to eat an extra Twinkie and I say, no, get that out of here. The devil can tempt me to do other stupid things, to blow up on somebody, to whatever. And if I'm walking in the Word of God, the devil can tempt me with depression. It's going to be one of those days, man. Yeah, it is. It is going to be one of those days, one of those awesome days, because I'm a child of God, brother. I'm a son of God, man. Every day is a winner for me. Every day. Every day is a winner for me, because I am a son of God Almighty. Well, you know, I mean, I've been adopted into the family. Listen, then the devil tries to come. And yeah, he tries to come and bring depression or, or the, you know, the blues or the downs and the blahs. And he tries to knock on my door, but I answer with the word of God. And if I am walking in the spirit, I don't give into that junk ever. If you walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh And you're not going to fulfill the lust and the temptations of the soul or the emotions either. So how, you know, it's one thing for a preacher to say, just walk in the spirit. But how do you walk in the spirit? Well, there's several things I could say about this. But for the sake of my remaining 11 minutes, I will narrow it down to three. Okay? How do you walk in the spirit? Number one, the word. And in a minute, I'm going to give you several verses on that. Number two, a great way is worship. And I'll give you some verses on that. And number three is praying in the Spirit. And I'm not afraid to say it. I am talking about speaking in tongues because I believe in that, and I do that every day. And I realize that some people don't like that, but guess what? It has really changed my life. (laughs) And it's in the Bible, and I can flat out prove it. But anyway, so how do you walk in the Spirit? These are just three ways, and you can definitely write in your notes. There are several other great ways. But three ways we'll talk about the word, all right? So let's look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. Psalm 117 is the shortest chapter in the Bible. And Psalm 118 is the middle chapter of the entire Bible. So it's kind of an interesting little uh, alleyway of Scripture right here. But Psalm 119... And we're going to look at verse 25. Now, I'm going to look at three verses here. Write them down or try to follow along with me. Psalm 119, verse 25, talking about, uh, this is King David wrote this. And and, and you got to understand, if, as you study the Psalms, David was an emotional guy. He, you know, and um, he was a musician. And musicians oftentimes tend to be, you know, real like, hey. You know, like my brother, for instance, Josh. He's all over the place. You can't ever predict this guy. He's everywhere. So, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You guys, you guys think we're actually mean to each other. We love each other. But anyway, but a lot of times, you know, David was one of those guys. He'd be, he'd be, he, he was just, he was very passionate about whatever it was that he did. And as you study the Psalms, sometimes you read some of them and you're like, man, he must have really been having a bad day. Because he'd be like, I weep before you, Lord. I pour it all out. And, and then in and other times he's like super up in the air, like, man, I could take a whole army just by myself right now. And David was very passionate. But Psalm 119 is a great example of this. Psalm 119 and verse 25, he says, I lie in the dust. Revive me by your word. Right there. Boom. There it is. Revive me by your word. So how can I overcome some emotions how can i overcome being down how can i overcome the 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 attack coming against me david right here he said here's the problem i'm lying in the dust right now i feel so down but god revive me by your word and i will tell you right now that god will revive you and lift you up through his word guarantee it you you have to get a proper appreciation and love for the word of God. Look at this, verse 28, verse 28. He says, I weep with sorrow. Encourage me, how? By giving me a whole bunch of money, God. That would just fix everything. No. Encourage me by your, say it with me, word. Encourage me by your word. And so if you are somebody that you feel like, I, I, I'm out of balance, man. I, I don't feel like my spirit is really the part of me that's most in control. David got a hold of this, and he let the word of God revive him and encourage him. Now we're going to go all the way to verse 143, because the entire chapter of Psalm 119 is all about how much David loves the word of God. He calls it your commands, your law, your decrees, your regulations, your word. He calls it all these synonymous things, but the, he wrote this entire long chapter about how much he loved God's word. So Psalm 119, verse 143, he said, as pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your commands. The word commands right there is absolutely the word of God. Is there anybody that's ever felt like pressure and stress were bearing down on you? I've had that, man. I've had where it felt like I was in a pressure cooker and everything was coming at me, but David had the answer. I find joy in your commands. And I'm, I have lived my life without the joy of the Lord, and now I live my life with the joy of the Lord, and it is a lot better. I love. Having the joy of the Lord. Why? Because it's not an emotion. Happiness is an emotion. Joy isn't an emotion. It doesn't change. My joy level doesn't change based upon how you treat me. My happiness does. You're mean to me. Man, I'm not happy anymore. They don't like me. But my joy level has nothing to do with how you treat me, has nothing to do with how much money I've got in the bank, has nothing to do with my surroundings. I can have joy all the time because it's a spiritual attribute. And if I walk in the spirit, I do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I don't give in to impulses and emotions. All right? So, uh, and I'll just, I'll put this out there. I, I, I i really do love the bible and the 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 scariest most down part of my entire life that i can remember i won't go into details but in the year 2000 uh josh and i are my parents church our our music minister our associate pastor he was i mean one of the most important figures in our entire life he was around 40 years old and he unexpectedly died he he tragically fell off of a a building and and died. And none of us saw it coming. And I have never felt that level of anxiety and fear. And he had five kids he left behind. It was just the lowest. I didn't know what to do. I was 15 years old. I mean, I, I would read the Bible. I knew the only thing that I can cling to to get me through this is my Bible. Because no one's got any answers. Nobody's got. And I took it so serious at 15 years old, I would take that Bible and I would hold it under my arm when I laid down to go to bed at night. Like, well, what, what good did that do, man? I don't know. But listen, I read the Bible all day. I couldn't read it while I was sleeping, but I took that Bible and I just clung it to my chest all night long and said, oh, Man, God, I'm just, this is the only thing I knew to show, know to do to show that I'm clinging to you. And listen, The Bible and the Word of God have always been there. It has revived me, encouraged me, strengthened me, brought me joy, and brought me through every low-down, pressure-stress-bearing moment, the Word of God. And if you don't take it seriously, then listen, you will never overcome the things that come against you. The second thing I said regarding walking in the Spirit is worship. Another psalm here is Psalm 42, verse 11. Write that down. Psalm 42, verse 11. David said this. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again. My Savior and my God. So once again, David lays the problem out there. I'm discouraged. I'm sad right now. My heart is sad. I'll put my hope in God. I will... Praise Him again. And listen, if you are having a difficult time emotionally, whether it's with anger or sadness or depression, you better learn to sing praises to God even when you don't feel like it, and God will turn your situation around. Absolute truth. I'm not talking about singing some stupid song that you heard. On, I'm talking about a good godly Bible song, okay? And in my life, man, if I feel that depression and that anxiety and stress coming in, first of all, I go to the Word, and then I will sing to myself, and I don't, I'm not singing for anybody, else. I'm singing for myself. And I usually revert to Bible Christian songs from my childhood, that's just me, but I'll start singing, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Some of you got that, all right, very good. (laughs) But listen, man, I can't help but feel really good when I sing praise songs to God. And that depression, I crack through that, all right? And so uh, that was Psalm 42, verse 11. And the last thing that I brought up as far as uh, walking in the spirit is, number three, praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit. And so the main point of everything that I'm talking about tonight is this, overcoming emotions and impulses. This is a large topic, you know, that it's hard to cover all in one night. But I'm telling you right now, the main thing I'm telling you is this. If you will walk or live your life according to your spirit, you'll overcome these things. Well, how do I do that? Through the word of God, through worshiping God. Coming to church is a fantastic thing to add to that list because we really worship God here. And by praying in the spirit. Ephesians six eighteen it tells us this now the the end of Ephesians chapter six, it, it, it lists the armor of God regarding doing spiritual warfare. Okay, we got the you know the helmet of salvation, the breastplate. Of, it gives us all this bo- body armor for spiritual warfare, and then v- verse seventeen tells us that we've got a sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So it says you know you've got all these other things to protect you from the attacks of the enemy, then you've got a sword to fight the devil, and that sword is literally the Bible. And then verse 18, it adds on to it, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. But I want to highlight that, pray in the spirit. Now, man, gosh, I'm out of time, and I just can't even begin to fully do justice to this praying in the spirit is praying in other tongues all right we got that all over the book of acts all over first corinthians in fact the apostle paul put it this way he said hey i pray in tongues more than y'all and if you got somebody back then to say y'all like a texan you were doing pretty good come on somebody right hey yeah yeah all right and so he literally said man i pray in tongues more than y'all first corinthians fourteen four: a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally it's on the screen you can write it down a person who speaks and well what good does it do a person who speaks in tongues and prays in the spirit hey they're strengthened personally that's one great way to build yourself up and strengthen yourself well i believe it if i had two verses that said that well i've got another one for you how about jude verse 20 that was my theme verse personally for 2015 jude verse 20 new king james it says but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy... You build yourself up when you pray in the Holy Spirit. And so, in my life, whenever depression or emotions of anger or sadness or doom and gloom if ever my flesh is trying to say hey it's okay you can eat six thousand calories a day and that's going to be all right that's not good for you brother that's that is not good you just shove that thing away you say no listen i can do all things through christ who strengthens me whenever the devil tries to come and get me to be overcome by my emotions or my physical impulses I can overcome it if I walk in the Spirit. And how do I walk in the Spirit? Hey, I do it by the Word of God, by worshiping God, and by praying in the Spirit. And I could add a whole bunch of things to that, such as going to church, such as uh, obeying God's Word and doing what He tells me to do, such as surrounding myself with biblical, godly friends. Some of you may need to look into some new friends because the current ones are bringing destruction to your life. Anyway, you know that's you know if, you, if that's you, just praise God. And let's speak to you, but listen. I'm trying to help you overcome tonight because, believe it or not, I actually care about you and I care about everybody here. I want Christians to be victorious. I see bad things happening in this world. And we're not like everybody else. Well, everybody's going to go through and everybody. No, they don't. No, the Bible says, though a thousand fall on my left hand and ten thousand in my right hand, it shall not come nigh me. I am not like everybody else. I'm not, and neither are you if you're a Christian. And on Sunday, I'm going to break this down more, but I've got a covenant with God that guarantees me certain rights and privileges that not everybody else has so long as I keep my end of the deal. And so listen, don't fall into the lie, well, no, we've all got to go through it, and everybody, you don't have to deal with all the same junk that the rest of the world has to deal with. Yes, there are troubles. Yes, there are struggles that come against you. But it does not have to be like it is for everybody else. You're better than that because you're a child of God and not everybody is. All right. So I want you to overcome. I want you to have an incredible, awesome life. And it is possible here on this earth. You don't have to wait for heaven, though that will be great. You can have a great life right here on earth if you'll do things God's way. So I hope tonight, as we've sped through this whole thing, that you learn some things out of it. You can overcome this thing. You can but you're going to have to do it his way. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise God. Amen. Amen. We pray that everybody has been blessed and received. When a, as we close on, I want to remind you, parents, you need to register the kids for Kids Club Camp if they're first through fifth grade. Go online to the website, hgwc.org slash KKCamp. That's on there. Uh, Get the kids registered. Who's going to be here Sunday? Just show me around. I want to know. I want to know. All right. Be here Sunday. We're going to have a wonderful time uh, studying some things that God's really just bringing to the forefront right now regarding your covenant with God. And I, I hinted at that already. But again, you're not like everybody else. You've got a covenant, you've got a contract with God that guarantees you rights and privileges that the rest of this world doesn't have. And you'll never take advantage of that if you don't even know what it is. So I'm going to explain that to you on Sunday, all right? Praise God. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out in prayer, and we will see everybody again on Sunday. Can you raise your hands tonight? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word tonight. And God, I pray for every single person here, everybody that's watched online, that they will receive this word, God. This wasn't me rambling and saying a bunch of stuff, Lord. This was the word of God, Lord. With with so many scriptures, God, I pray that that word will take root in their hearts, and God, anybody in here that 's been struggling with uh, with emotions or the soul, their mind their their will, their will to go on, their will to follow you, Lord, their emotions, or even their body, God, I pray in Jesus' name that they will do what the Word of God told them to do tonight, and they will see victory in Jesus' name. And Lord, I know that your angels are with us. They surround us and protect us everywhere we go. So I say in Jesus' name that we are safe and protected everywhere we go this week. Use us, Lord, to be the light of the world, to Barstow and everywhere else that we are, in the mighty name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? All right. We're going to say the Barstow Faith Confession. Come on, Athena. All right, we're going to say the Barstow Faith Confession, and then you are dismissed. And we did go over tonight, so, you know, forgive me later, all right? Athena here is going to lead us in the Barstow Faith Confession. And hey, she even wore the shirt. And this is a great time to, uh, you know, do a merch advertisement. You can get those in the bookstore right back there. <laughs> all right. We do, that
0: Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen.